Right. Oh, mate, what's going on in your face? <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> what are you thinking of that? What is that thing above your lip? A drum catcher. <laughs> is it a drum catcher? <laughs> it, is, it is the worst grown moustache you've probably ever seen in your life. Uh, I lost a bet, so I had to grow a moustache for a month. I can shave it off tomorrow, and I can't wait. But in the meantime, nice. I'm still waxing it and, you know, tending tending, tending to its gentle needs. It's a lot of work. Is it, for those is it going to make you sound there. more funny? Is it going to make you sound for, more funny on this episode? Oh, I mean, to be fair, mate, the standard's so high. So I, think, I don't really know what I think the I'll answer. Is. I might actually answer that question for you. <laughs> is it fuck? Is it cake? <laughs> All right, mate. On with the show. It's 2024 and we are fucking back. Let's go. Good people of the whiskey world, we hope you had a great festive season and happy new year even to all of you listening. Welcome back to our first episode of 2024 and our first episode of season four. Yes, that's right. You heard it correctly. We are on our fourth season. Unbelievable that we haven't been cancelled yet. Anyway, (laughs) for those of you that are around here or new around here, I should say, and maybe have made it your New Year's resolution to start listening to an amazing podcast with some funny stories, incredibly good-looking hosts who know a load about whiskey and have the key to things all life-related, you may want to look somewhere else. My name's Mitch Beshard. I am your co-host, along with my partner in crime, Nicholas Palaki, who some say was the man in charge of dropping the New Year ball in Times Square this year. Now, I'm not too sure about that, but I one thing I do know is that we will be your whiskey companions for all things whiskey related this year, bringing you some laughs into 2024, along with entertaining you on the way. Nicholas, how are you, my friend? Good I, fucking happy New Year, <laughs> Merry Christmas, all that bullshit to you, mate. Happy New Year to you and to all our listeners out there as well. Great to be back on the show. And yeah, putting our first episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast together for 2024. It has been, I had a great wrap up to the end of the year. Pretty much, well, mostly I had a great wrap up to the end of the year. Uh, as as you know, Mitch, uh, I wasn't in charge of the, the ball drop at Times Square, but I have in my fair share of time dropped plenty of other balls that I was supposed to be taking care of. So I will, <laughs> will claim a little bit of credit there. Um, good, good kind of holiday, good Christmas, uh, good new year. I think I broke my toe. On New Year's Eve, yeah, I accidentally kicked the back of my son's heel and there was just this almighty pop. And then within 30 seconds, my pinky toe was absolutely enormous and black and blue. So I spent most of it just icing it. Thankfully, I can still walk. Like, it's not too bad. But nothing much you can do with a broken toe, right? I mean, you can still drink whiskey, so you're all right. Mostly, that's actually what is the, the, the cure for it. So I, I did speak to my doctor and he was like, you know, what you should do is drink some more whiskey. And I said, challenge accepted. So Mate, it's probably a good excuse, right? You're like, that's Carrie. Carrie, I just need to sit here. I can't move anywhere. Can you bring me another dram? Of course. Of course. <laughs> and she's like, fuck off. <laughs> Mostly. But that's that's every day. You don't need New Year for that. <laughs> so what about you, mate? What did you got to? Ah, uh, mate. Um, 
let me think. I mean, it seems so long ago now, the whole Christmas and New Year thing. But yeah, pretty chilled. I was just up in Speyside, had the family up here. Um, New Year was super chilled. I mean, dude, let me ask you a question, man. Are we getting too old for New Year now? Because this is the second year in a row where I've just sat at home, haven't really gone out, watched TV, chilled out, just had a couple of whiskeys, and then gone to bed pretty early. Perfect. Sounds perfect to me. I hate New Year. I never go out in New Year. So really? I, I never. I've got 364 days of the year that I can go out and get shit-faced. I don't need to do it where every other amateur in the planet is out trying to have a drink in the... Like, that's just not it, is it? Like, it's, you know what I mean, though? Like, it's like St. Paddy's Day as well. St. Patrick's Day, is, especially here in the States, everybody goes out and gets absolutely annihilated. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. just looks like amateur hour, people that don't know how to handle their booze, drinking too much, which is never a good thing to do anyway. But like, for us, you know, we want to go out there, we want to enjoy a few drinks. I don't need to go out and do it when there's every every aggravated, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? All those 22, <laughs> 23, 24 year old kids all hopped up in testosterone and looking to go out and... Get crazy. I don't need to be in that nonsense. Those young punks, mate. Those young exactly. punks. Yeah, come on, you're over here with a Pepsi Cola and the rock and roll. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's, I just, we're in different lanes now, Mitch. I mean, look at you. To be fair, you've looked like you're in your late 40s for about 10 years. So. <laughs> is that, is that a backhanded compliment? I can't even work out what no, that is. It was, it was a, it was a forward handed insult. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, now I'm pushing 50. I'll kind of take anything, you know what I mean? Oof, that's what it says in your Tinder profile. Right. So, no, joking aside, joking aside, uh, it's been, a, it's been a, it's a, a great wrap up to the end of the, the festival season. Obviously, loads of stuff coming up for you for this year, loads of shenanigans, laugh out loud moments, and of course, a lot of whiskey wisdom coming your way. So strap in, grab your favourite whiskey glass, and let's make 2024 a year filled with top-notch drams and unforgettable stories. So, yes. Mitch, tell people all the new and funny things. Well, actually, let's see if Emily spotted it. We've got a new logo. We have got a new logo. It's well very, done. it's like a, it's like a tiny tweak. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like when BMW do like a tweak on their logo because mm. it's, it's so good already. It just needed a little tweak. Did you just compare us to a fine German automobile? I did. Yeah, I don't know how very I got nice. that, but is that we'll, we'll go with it. We'll is go this, with it. is this because halfway through this episode you're going to ask BMW for a free car? And see, see if the ship you want. <laughs> It'll be another thing that doesn't show up on my doorstep. And you'll be like, I'm just driving a convertible. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, new logo, mate. That took me all of uh, at least 30 minutes to, to, to redesign good. that first. Well done. I'm yeah. proud of you. I'm proud Thank of you. You're pretty, pretty handy you. in the, the old arts programmas. Was that, yeah. did you use any AI to do that or did you actually do it yourself? I did not actually. I, I use a, um, I've got a program called Canva. It's really cool, actually, because you get a load of stuff on there. So um, Very nice. I do a lot of work on Canva. I like it. I like it a lot. Cool, little mate. plug for Canva. little freebie from Canva coming my way after that. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> we've got, so we've got a new logo. We've got a couple of other fun things we're going to do. We've got a guest the distillery section, which you're going to take, take our, our listeners through towards the end of this episode. And then, of course, you've got, we're going to take turns this year of trying to make each other laugh with bad or wonderful jokes. We don't know. You guys can be the judge of it once you hear them. But please, answers on the postcard. Uh, let us know how we get on. Uh, I'm assuming you had a few tasty drams over the holidays, well, much? Yeah, mate, I did. Um, well, like I said, I was in I was in the house quite a bit. I went out a few times, but uh, mostly in the house. But I think, you know, for me, one of the really tasty drams that I had was um, from, let me get this right here. 
because I got it right the last I got it wrong the last time, didn't I? Um, one of the few tasty drams that I really had was from Duncan Taylor. Um, they kindly sent me a bottle of their Big P and their Scallywag Winter Edition. The Big P is that's that's a lot. We're talking cast strength, full on. Uh, phenol content here, very, very smoky. So I had to be in the right mood for that. But what I really got uh, my head around in a great way was that Scallywag Winter Edition, mate. I don't know if you've ever had that before, but Not it's yet. a blended malt, um, all Speyside drams and cast strength at 54%. Uh, it's like spiced gingerbread note going on there, like really fruity, like dark fruits, rich fruits. Nice. And, you know, great price point as well, £50 for a bottle. Uh, such a good ram. So that that was my kind of go-to that I kept reaching for over Christmas. What about you, mate? What, what were you drinking? A few things. Obviously, Shibui, because why not? That's what I make. So it's nice to have some of those. Had a, a little bit of white oak and some uh, 10-year-old pure malt over the holiday. Also was drinking that we've got like a lightly peated, uh, called No Kiribi Carrot. It's like a, we do a 10-year-old and a non-age statement of it, but we've, those are the lightly peated whiskies and they're a little bit high in strength, 48% ABV and... Um, just really, really delicious. Nice blend of kind of sweet smoke, kind of reminiscent of old school Highland Park. That's what I was kind of going for. So I was sipping a little bit of that from our Nigata distillery. And then I actually polished off that bottle of Glen Glass of 12-year-old that was so very kindly sent to us by the team there, at, uh, mm -hmm. Brown Foreman and Glen Glasso. But yeah, I, that did not last. That was a... Nice. That's a cracker. What about that um, Glen Scotia that I gave you? Is that finished yet? No, it's not finished, but... It's not. It's not where. It's not, it's not what it was when you left it. <laughs> it's not lasting long. It's not lasting. <laughs> that's a great. That's talk about just another great balance of sweet and smoke. That's a great dram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Cool. So there's been plenty going on, Mitch. Shall we dive right in and get right onto all the fun stuff? Um. Yeah. Before we do that, though, we are gonna have a look at our new section of the podcast. It's kind of new, but it's kind of old because Daz, Daz and I used to do this right at the start. Whoa, 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 thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. This, this is something you and Daz used to do? Yeah, oh, kind of. Mate. This is like kind of did. This is like when you take your new girlfriend to the place that you always used to go, the old restaurant you used to go to with your old girlfriend. <laughs> this is shocking. And all the waiters are like, oh, good to see you again. And I'm like, I, I, I've never met you before. <laughs> I knew I should have told you this but no we did this a couple of times like right at the start of the podcast and then we kind of dropped it but it is kind of cool so what we're going to do is this is a, a new segment that we're going to add for season four uh, a wee challenge for all you guys listening so every week we're going to give you some cryptic clues about a whiskey or a distillery or maybe it's going to be both but we're going to keep you guessing until the next episode when we spill the beans with, with regards to the answer so here is this week's clue now, this is an island distillery. It was the first one to open on this island, and it opened on the 17th of September. I'm not going to give you the year because that would give too much away. It has accommodation, it has a restaurant and a bar, and it's created an expression using six different styles of cask, combining peated and unpeated whiskey. What whiskey am I? So, answers on a postcard to Casa Palaki. Uh, over in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you Mitch's cell phone number at the end of the show. And you can just call him, text him, and let him know what your thoughts are on that question or any other questions you may want to text him. <laughs> now, no, no prizes for this, but but we're going to be posting, uh, we'll post these clues up on our Instagram page. So if you're not following us there, give us a follow. Not another whiskey podcast. Uh, and write back, you know, the we answer if you want. And, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you guys a, a shout out on the next show if you get it right. Correct, correct. There so. You go. On to whiskey news. Let's do a little 
round robin catch up. Plenty of stuff going on at the moment. Uh, really interesting article at uh, the Spirits Business, Mitch, on the rise of whiskey and gin. So Scottish whiskey and Scottish gin exported specifically to Singapore and Japan. These are massive surges. So just in the mm. last 12 months, exports to Singapore have soared for Scotch whiskey by 31% to £380 million, which is a massive jump. Exports to Malaysia climbed 43% to £11 million. Uh, and that was as of October 2023. Similar for UK gin exports, gin to Singapore surged by, wait for it, 56%. Now, small base, but up to £3 million now, uh, just into that Singapore market. Uh, and that's obviously driven by popular serves like gin and tonic, which I didn't know that those tonic. two things mixed until I read this what, article. What kind, of, what kind of wizardry is this? What is this, exactly? <laughs> exactly, what sorcery is this? And uh, the Singapore sling, which actually makes sense when you're in Singapore to have a Singapore sling. Um, and then, um, yeah, just some other really kind of interesting news going on there. Sales of UK goods, so whiskey, gin, sparkling wine and chocolate rose notably within what's called the CPTPP, which is a comprehensive and progressive agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership trading block rolls right the fuck off your tongue. Uh, nice, like you need a drink before you start even talking about these people. Who comes up right. with these? Honestly, like make it simple. Uh, but basically, all good news. Good to see the Scotch whiskey success across that block. Again, that's now the Scotch whiskey exports in that particular CPTPP block exceeded one point one billion uh, pounds, which is one point three billion US dollars in twenty twenty two, and continuing to grow into twenty twenty three as well. So really exciting, really really fun to see. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you hear a lot about these big companies now starting to invest more into Asia. And when you see these figures, it kind of starts to make sense. 100%. Um, yeah, and, and unfortunately, we're seeing a little bit of sort of downturn in the US market, which has traditionally always been the, the biggest market. So, Placky, get out there and start punting some more Scotch whiskey instead of that Japanese stuff. <laughs> I'd do a little bit of both. Don't you worry about that, mate. <laughs> always flying the flag. But on to other news, this is something that dropped just before Christmas, actually, and it relates to Lagavulin. So th those of you who have been to Lagavulin and done the warehouse tasting, you probably met Ian McCart MacArthur, uh, a.k.a. Pinky, who has been there for 50 years now as the warehouse manager. So it came to light just before Christmas that he was going to retire. Um, now... I, you know, I, I love this. It says, you know, and he's gonna he's gonna have a, a quieter life, like as if you can have a quieter life while living on Isla. But I've been <laughs> fortunate enough to to hang out with with Ian a few times, going over to to um, Lagavulin back in my Diageo days. I actually went and, and cut some peat with him up in the peat bogs. Amazing guy, just so dry, doesn't give a shit. Um, so great to see him actually moving on, retiring, enjoying his life there and, and, and chilling out for a bit because he's been doing this for a long time. But what I thought was really cool about this is the fact that Diageo with uh, Lagavulin have released a Lagavulin bottling for him, which is an 18-year-old uh, Lagavulin. And uh, Ian actually put this liquid into cask 18 years ago. So a nice little sort of round out for him. Uh, it's going to be up at 18. Uh, sorry, 58.7% ABV, and it's going to be £350 with a, obviously a very limited release of bottling. So, Ian, congratulations on your retirement, mate. Uh, great to hear that you're going to be uh, no, well, not great to hear you're not going to be in the warehouse anymore pouring liquid for everyone, but good to see you're going to be chilling out, mate. Yeah, fantastic. And congratulations, Ian. Well deserved. Uh, I'm sure you can 
I'm sure you won't be putting your feet up, but you might be tipping a few drams back. So enjoy while you can. Uh, on to other news. Angus Dundee have been busy little bees, Mitch. So a couple mm. of things, a couple of things that popped up in the news that caught my attention. First and foremost, they bought. I don't know if you know this or not, but Bob Dylan used to have a Scottish estate. Used to, uh, which he put up for sale. It was the Altmore House, and he's owned that since 2006. And the fine folks at Angus Dundee picked it up for 4.257 million quid. Uh, this is a beautiful piece of property. It's a 16-bedroom mansion. Uh, sitting on quite a considerable little chunk of land. But it's uh, really exciting to see because what are they going to do with it? So why would why would, why would would these guys pick up a 24-acre estate with, you know, all these beautiful Victorian greenhouses, orchard, beautiful walled gardens? That screams some type of brand home to me or some type of experience that they could be looking to do uh, within those grounds. Fingers crossed. Or it could just be someone, that the family that owns Angus Dundee looking for a wee holiday get getaway uh, house but really interesting to see that uh, that went up in the market and I, I mean not an expensive home so I think I think Bob Dylan only paid like 1.2 or not 2.2 I think he paid for it back in the day so since 2006 almost doubled its value not too shabby right it will be really interesting to see uh, what's going on there I know the uh, I know some of the guys at Angus Dundee so looking forward to Get a wee sneak peek of that place, see what you guys are doing. I, mate, I imagine they're going to do it, like you say, it'll be maybe some kind of brand home, but it's obviously going to be, you know, VIP accommodation. Yep. It's right by their, um, the Tom and Tal distillery yep. up here in Speyside. So it kind of makes sense for them to, to have that going on. But Correct. yeah, really uh, cool to see. But it seems like someone there has won the lottery, mate, because, you know, the other thing that came out around about this is the fact that they've just released these plans um, to open a new distillery in China. Correct. China. Yep, they, they have, yeah. So again, uh, like I said, lots of stuff moving on there, but basically they have uh, bought a, a, and revealed plans to build a malt whiskey distillery on a quite a substantial plot of land. Again, 20-acre uh, plot of land that they picked up on the Thousand Island Lake in the Queen Dow Lake region. Uh, I'm going to butcher a lot of these, so my apologies in advance, but it's Chunan, China, uh, it looks like where they've they've picked up this little spot, and not the first uh, Scotch whisky company now to expand out and build a distillery in China, uh, but really interesting that Angus Dundee are the second ones into the field to 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 do it. Um, re- realistically, you know they've got Glen Cadam, they've got Tom and Tool, uh, and now they have a a, a a malt whisky distillery following Pernod Ricard's recent launch of its first Chinese whisky, um, opening the. Yimi Shan distillery to the public um, last year. I think they did that. It was a $150 million build out. So what are your and thoughts Diageo on this? And as well. Yeah, the Diageo, Diageo actually, built, yeah, yeah. They're, they're plowing uh, $75 million into a Chinese distillery as well. I mean, you know, thoughts. I don't know how I feel about this, mate. It's uh, Obviously, there's a lot of investment going on in Scotland right now, but, yep. you know, I'd, I'd love to see more investment going on in Scotland right now. And obviously, any, any company that's investing in China is, is not going to be investing more money into into Scotland. Um, it's, I, don't, I don't know. It's um, it's interesting times as we kind of shift a lot of manufacturing still over to to China. Yeah, I'm. Do you know what? When I read this, I can understand why companies are doing this, but to me, this is this is seems fraught with geopolitical uh, friction. And I'll tell you why. Like mm. even as I was reading this. I think I was reading earlier today that China have now also imposed 
new tariffs against cognac. So you've got the Western world trying to play into the Eastern world, specifically into, you know, there not, not all places in Asia are, are, are share the same values as the Western world. You know, I think Japan's probably much more aligned with how we do things in the United Kingdom, Europe and, and the USA. China's absolutely, definitely not. In fact, mm. you know, they've, they've aggressively, if you look at what's been going on with Taiwan, so Taiwan under no time ever has been ruled by China. And yet here we have, you know, the Chinese basically saying, no, 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 Taiwan's ours now and we'll be taking it back pretty quickly. And they're keeping an eye on all the things that are going on around the world. To me, it seems a little insane that these multinational companies would be pouring tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars into that market, which could we could end up being, you know, in a, in a, in a similar situation to what's kind of going on with Russia and in the Ukraine, you know, with, with those types of things, with businesses trying to, to to pull their businesses out and not, in some instances, not being able to do so particularly successfully. And in some other instances, saying that they've pulled their businesses out and continuing to trade and do business with them. So mm. it's it's a... Not, not that you and I, Mitch, get particularly uh, political on this show. That's not what this is about. But I just, it did it raise my eyebrows just for that reason alone. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, can you imagine if, if you know, Diageo and Pernod and Angus Dundee invested all this money into distilleries in China, and then they kind of flip flop a little bit with with regards to Scotch whiskey and and, and what's going on there. So, yeah, could potentially backfire. But who knows? Let's see. Right. They've got the money to do it, so I'm sure they've done the homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to other news. We have the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, uh, who have just recently turned 50 years old. And to celebrate this, they're bringing out a cask sub sub subscription, which is something that's kind of dear to our hearts, I suppose, on this show, Nicholas, because uh, <laughs> we've kind of got into whiskey investment quite a bit. Uh, in the last season but you know and, and we've chatted about the fact that there are a lot of companies out there doing whiskey investment with cask investment and it can be a dangerous road to go down uh and, and i think we've we've made that quite clear on this show several times before but i think this is um something very different you know when you look at the scotch malt whiskey society and what these guys do and what they've been doing this is how they cut their teeth was was buying casks and they've been doing it for a long time um and and the way they've put this out as well i think has been very transparent so uh basically anyone who buys into this they'll be able to follow their their 10-year journey from cask to bottle tasting samples will be sent throughout the decade um these casks will, will be bottled in 2033 when the whiskey turns 10 and the Scotch Malt Whiskey celebrates 50 years old. So, um, you know, they, they actually, in this, this statement, they kind of respond to the controversy about investing in whiskey, you know, with the Advertising Standards Authority, everything that we've talked, chatted about in the past. If you guys haven't listened to the, the episode we did, we had the Cask Whiskey uh, Investment, no, Cask Whiskey Association on the podcast here talking about what they're doing to kind of stop this. And we've reported on this several times before, um, but I, you know, I think this is this is something that I could get behind. They're talking about price per cask, which includes ten year storage and insurance ranges from four thousand uh, pounds, just over five thousand US dollars, to five thousand five hundred pounds, so six thousand, well, almost seven thousand US dollars, and that's obviously dependent on the cask type, um, bottling fee, duty, and VAT 
tea will be payable at the time of bottling. But, you know, it's a, I think this is really nice because you look at the history of the uh, SMWS and it started with a gentleman called Pip Hills back in 83 who clubbed together for a cask of whiskey. So this is essentially how this all started out. It's, it's kind of going full circle. So this is something that I could actually get behind uh, when it comes to whiskey cask investment. What, what, what do you think, Nicholas? Yeah, I agree. So f- fundamentally, it's it's uh, at least it's, it's all led by Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. So you've got experts that know how to choose barrels and that already are in this game of buying barrels. It's not just some VC-backed hedge fund or whatever it happens to be saying now we are in the whiskey game because they see it as any kind of tradable commodity. So I think from that standpoint, it's automatically different. Um, Mitch, I know that you and I kind of finished up talking about Cask Whiskey Association uh, last year, but even as we broke for for our break, like these guys showed back up in the news, our finance director um, was was basically outed as, as somebody who'd been involved in national fraud um, before and spent time in prison for it, um, and almost instantaneously they released a, 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 a an issue, a, a press release to that uh, comment saying, "Oh, it's misleading that his title is is a finance director because he's actually not really in charge of our finances in certain aspects and doesn't touch investor funds." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Well, you you gave him the title, so which is it?" So if he's not the, the finance director, stop touting this person as a finance director. You you created the role. Uh, so there's a lot of things around Cask Whiskey Association, Mitch, to, to be honest with you. It, it, at some point, people need to just start calling BS, BS, and this just reeks of BS to me. And, um, you know, I think they've done a wonderful job of PRing themselves. I think that once you look under the, the hood... Uh, you, you start to see that really it's just a little fucking banger and it's nothing fancy at all. So it's certainly not certainly not a race car and certainly not something I would give them my money to. Um, and I'm happy to have their owner come on and discuss that with me if he wants. On this side of things with Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, this to me feels much more authentic and it feels much more like a, a really good way to get involved in something if you're passionate about whiskey uh, yeah. and if you want to be a part of, of, of something that that allows you to to get access to these super cool drams that otherwise you wouldn't see. On other news, dun 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 dun. This is a big one. This is a big one. So you know that Mitch and I can sometimes get a little bit cheesy on this show. This little piece of news is no exception to the rule. Doritos are releasing a natural cheese flavored alcoholic drink that tastes like their crisps. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. It doesn't say if it's not a whiskey, so it doesn't say whiskey. It's an alcoholic spirit, which straight away makes me think, wow, if we've not even been able to give it a classification yet, what is it that we're about to drink? Uh, that's like saying, and in the same way, in the same aspect, I guess Doritos are cheese flavored. Uh, you know, no, there's no no real cheese in them, I guess, right? So it's cheese flavored chips. So this is a cheese flavored chips flavored alcoholic spirit. Uh, which is apparently best used for margaritas, Bloody Marys, or Old Fashions. Don't know how you would make an Old Fashioned with it. Mitch, you said that you could see yourself using this as some type of addition to a Bloody Mary, I guess with that cheesy note on it. I think I said I'd, I'd use it for a joke for someone to give them it when they came round to my house. Yeah, I'm not so sure not, that would be rushing I, to. I could, I could see this working in a Bloody Mary. A cheesy know. Bloody Mary. It'd be alright. Here's the thing, $65 a bottle. That's a lot of That's cheddar. Crazy. 
That is correct. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know what cheese isn't yours, right? What is that? Nacho cheese. Oh, uh, Well, in case you forgot about what we're talking about. <laughs> All right, we need jokes to stop. Throw in here. I, know, I think I know. we might have to red card ourselves here, mate. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, on that note, it's a nice little segue because it leads us into our next new section of the show, which is where we try and tell a joke and make, make each other piss ourselves laughing. Well, so are you ready for this one, Nicholas? I'm ready for it, as long as it's better than the last set of cheesy jokes because none of those were really good. There's, there's no cheese involved in this one. <laughs> I don't think anyway. Right, so this this guy, right, he buys a budgie. Okay. And uh, he gets the budgie back to his house. And the budgie's like, I'm a Glasgow budgie. I'm hard as nails. And he just keeps saying it over and over again. The guy's like, fuck's sake, this fucking budgie. So after about four days, he's like, right, let's see how hard you actually are. So he goes and buys a kestrel, puts it in the cage with the budgie, goes to bed at night, comes down in the morning. Sure enough, kestrel, dead at the bottom of the, the bird cage with budgies there. Hey, I'm a Glasgow budgie. I'm hard as nails. He's like, all right, fuck. So next day, he goes out, buys a buzzard, puts the buzzard in the cage with the budgie, goes up to his bed, comes down in the morning. Again, the buzzard is dead. Budgie's like, I'm a Glasgow budgie. I'm hard as nails. He's like, fucking hell. Goes out again, <laughs> buys an American bald eagle, shoves it in the cage with a budgie, goes to his bed, comes down in the morning. Now, the American bald eagle's dead, but the budgie has got no feathers. He's standing there. He's like, aye, I'm a Glasgow budgie. I'm hard as nails, but I had to take my jacket off for that big fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well played, mate. Well played. Like that one. I especially like your Glasgow impression. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, very good. Not too shabby, not too shabby to kick things off there, mate. I appreciate that. So, so I, next I, up, next week is you, mate, for a joke, so no pressure. Well, that, that, was, that, was a, that was a solid start. I'll take it. Um, is it that's a feather in your cap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that jokes are us. All right, all right, all right. Well... Mitch, that was, that was brilliant. Next week, I think we're going to come back and start doing a little bit of... Uh, I think we're going to do some theme shows, aren't we? We're going to actually sit dive in. Back to our old school days, we used to take something and like discuss it, look at what was going on within that side of the industry, within Scotch or within whiskey as a whole. Uh, I think we're going to start taking deeper dives into some of these kind of um, things that we used to do in the past. So the next episode, I think we're going to look at is Whiskey Legends. And Whiskey yeah. Legends unveil. So looking at some lesser known legends in the whiskey world, exploring tales and stories about unsung heroes, forgotten distilleries, or historical figures crucial to whiskey's evolution. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, I think this will be good because, you know, one of the things that we always did within the podcast was take a subject matter and kind of deep, deep dive into it. And we stopped sort of doing that, I'd say, towards halfway through last season. So we're going to pick that up again for this season and try and do one of these every month so if you guys have got any ideas on any subject matters that you want us to to dig into or episode ideas we might even get you on to chat about it we won't. give us a drop we won't <laughs> drop, we us, drop won't. us a line thanks for drop us a message <laughs> first time caller long time listener i just here's the thing i just want to tell you what i think about this matter all right 
Here we go. Don't open the, don't open the phone lines, Mitch. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was that the budgie guy? That was the budgie guy. I just want to tell you about my budgie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's right. been it. I've thoroughly enjoyed. Good to catch up, Mitch. Good to see you again. Good to see that you've not, like, yeah, and, and you've, looks like you've shed a bit of timber. Doesn't look like you're holding too much Christmas weight around you. Looking, Do you look, know, it's the first time ever that I worked out all the way through Christmas and New Year. Yeah. I've never done before. Really? Oh, yeah, I just flexed there, though, and I think I just pulled a muscle I in my chest. I watched you do it. I could see your, like, your right eye twinge while you did it as well. <laughs> like, I pick things up, I put things down. Oh, I've hurt my man muscle. <laughs> my pectoral is all inflamed now. <laughs> all right stop with your geordie accent mate fine all right <laughs> all right guys but listen on that note thank you so much for listening thank you for tuning in glad to have you back for a new year a new season and we shall see you the next time see ya.